Chama Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fishon. I'm here with the Lou in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you, sweetie? I'm fine. Things been busy here. You've been painting and all that stuff. And yes, all that all stuff. All that good stuff. Um, yeah, and it's fun because we're, we're, we're painting the uh, dining room all white. I think you mentioned on Twitter. And I kind of love it because I it, it's funny because we're stuck here in the apartment most of the time. So painting and making it look a little different, it actually makes me smile and, and happy a little. Yes. I don't know. And I'm all about making Lorenzo yes, smile I don't and know. making it's Lorenzo just, happy. It's funny. Well, we have a huge dining room and and it's open, very open. And, and when you painted it white this week, you know, it's fun because you pass by it and you're like, wow, it looks like a different room. So it does make me feel a little better that it, you know, it's that, I don't know, sensation that, you know, it's a different place in a way. We've been living in an industrial yeah. loft on and off for 20 years. And um, uh, the, I think the reason we're all excited, <laughs> this is not going to excite anyone. We're stuck know, home and so this is exciting weird, news to anyway. us. Um, is for years we couldn't figure out how to... Um, how to decorate a loft space and we tried all these different things and it's only in the last five or six years that we both kind of came to the conclusion let's just lean into the fact that it is an industrial space I see it still all, yeah. has it has glass brick walls in it from the 80s okay um and uh it is a workspace for us because we um uh, about six or seven years ago when we kind of redecorated the whole place, I said to Lorenzo, I was like, I really want to make this look like at least part of this space because it is an open industrial space in an, in a high commercial area of the of the city. It's all shops and everything outside our window. Um, I wanted at least part of it to look like what it was, which is a an independent publication. That, right. that there an actual mass media publication gets produced in this space with an audience as large as some newspapers so and magazines. So um, we leaned more into an industrial sort of office aesthetic for part of our part of our space. And um, what that meant over the last couple of years is slowly stripping all the color off the walls. And listen, these are two queens who really love color. but uh, we also own, this is going to sound like a humble brag, but again, we've been together a long time and we have compiled this stuff over all, nearly a quarter century. We own a lot of artwork. Um, we have a lot of china and glassware and that sort of thing. Vintage and, furniture. Uh, we have a lot of um, antique or vintage furniture. So um, we were doing this very 90s, early 2000s thing of having these very brilliantly colored walls. And um, over time, we started turning the entire loft back into a more industrial-looking space. Right. And as you paint these walls white, all the stuff that we have on them or in front of them is popping they out much pop more. just pop up, yeah. Uh -huh. So this is an awful long... I had, did not plan on talking about this. The only reason I'm saying this is because I realized that to anybody else, what? You painted your walls white. There's nothing interesting about that. But it... It actually took us a long time to come to this point where we realized you have to know your space and painting every room a different color, like, you know, like it was a suburban house or something just never actually worked. And for the first time in a really long time, I feel like everything has pulled together in our space. I so. agree. I agree. And and make it more functional. I think that's, that, that has actually, uh, I don't know. 
please me lately because I grew up with my mom. My mom's idea of, of home was like, don't touch anything. You know, it's all for guests. Like our dining room, we couldn't sit on anything or touch any cushion or anything because <laughs> it was all for appearance. It was all for, uh, you know, to show like this beautiful home, but we couldn't touch anything as, as kids. So growing up and, and, you know, becoming older and having my own place, I'm like, no, I want to make sure that everything is lived in, touched, and, and you know, just homey and comfortable and functional. Agreed. Um, I don't know how we got on that tangent. I know, but, but anyway, just about a week that we've been painting, and, and it's fun. It's been fun. It's nice to see things changing a little bit in, in the place because, we you know, we're stuck here. We're stuck time. here. Um and speaking of stuck here, uh, our topics this week are television-related. Um, I think people are having a reaction to Netflix's Emily in Paris that is kind of hilarious to watch unfold. And I think part of the reason has to do... I think a big part of the reason why people are reacting to it the way they are is because it's a style of show that is so poorly suited to the times in which it debuted. Right that that becomes <laughs> kind of the point of the show almost. And we're going to get into that and talk a little bit about uh, the fact that Netflix also canceled Glow the same week that Emily in Paris came out and how there's a juxtaposition there that's, I don't know what that is saying about the audience and about what kind of female characters they'll accept because Emily in Paris is a huge hit for Netflix. It's their number one show this week. Anyway, we're going to get into all that. But before we do, I really have to talk about my socks once again, because I do love my Bombas you do, and we socks. Do. And this portion of the podcast is being brought to you by Bombas. Um, longtime listeners have heard us talk about Bombas, not just because they've been supporters of this podcast, but we really do love and wear their socks. Last mm -hmm. Christmas, we each bought each other several sets of Bombas socks because they come in various, there's athletic socks, there's footy socks, there's Fancy wool one. socks, yeah, there's dress <laughs> socks. Um, and we do, we just love, love, love their socks. And uh, I was just saying to Lorenzo this morning that it's turning to sock weather now. Um, we've gone from wearing shorts around the house to wearing sweatpants, sweatpants around the house because who the hell's wearing pants right now? And, and um, I was like, you know, I can't put on a pair of sweatpants without putting on socks, and I just have the best, best, best socks for that. They're also great. Uh, part of the reason I love my Bomba socks is because they're fantastic for working out. Yeah, their athletic that, socks true, actually yeah. give you so much arch support. Board, yeah. Um, and uh, they stay up. They're sturdy. They're, the colors are bright. I just love, love, love these socks. When you put them on. And I haven't even gotten to any of the know, copy that I'm supposed to on, read. It, they, they, they hug your feet. It, they I'm do. Not, it, they yeah, do I'm hug your joking. feet for real. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. Uh, but these socks do more than keep feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash T-L-O. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Thank you. 
Bombas. I don't want to say her name, but no, our, we can't. our loud little girl it's is right here, right here on the table, <laughs> listening to every word. And all I would have to do is say her name no. and she would respond. And me, yeah. She don't say go nuts. Anyway. So yeah. The, okay. So the, Emily in Paris Emily debuts Paris, this week, yes. starring Lily Collins. Uh, we saw the, I mean, the screeners were sitting in our screener queue for months. Lorenzo saw it a long time ago and toured through the whole thing. And he's like, oh, we're going to do a piece on the costumes. And I actually, because it really didn't set me on fire. When I saw the previews for it, I was like, I'm clearly, I don't really think I'm the demographic for this show. Yes, I do think gay men are a huge demographic for shows like this. But I think I've sort of aged out of the demo for this one. Um, But whatever. Uh, So I didn't watch it until the week before it aired. Because we were planning on doing a costume post. And I said, let me get a handle on what this show is and I'll right. give a we'll give a little you know review or whatever. I didn't finish it. I I got through I think six or seven episodes of it. Um and the only reason I didn't finish it is because I was on deadline and I had to write the piece. Right. Um and I haven't gotten back to it. I will. It's my God, it is the fluffiest confection you could possibly imagine. And yes, there are parts of it that are so retrograde uh that let me. There have been a lot of think pieces written about this show to a, an hilarious extent this week. Like I'm just I watching it explode, um, and I just want to say, yeah, if you could look at certain parts of the show and be offended by them, and I wouldn't really argue with you on that. I personally am not because I think the style of show is very much a throwback. The creator of the show is Darren Starr, who gave us Sex in the City and also uh, ABC's Younger, and. It just, you know, I have to laugh because it really doesn't feel like 2020 in any conceivable way. Now, uh, very few television showrunners could have predicted what this year was actually going to wind up being like. So I can't hold it against the show for right, for right. being so counter to the times in which it debuted. Because we are in unprecedented times. But it it's just... Such a throwback to like 2005 era television where it was just cosmos and and sparkly heels and, and, you know, it was fashion, fashion, fashion. And I'm not saying there's no market for these shows or there's no place for this kind of show anymore, but it very much felt like something from circa 2005 television. Right. Um, because I had to put together the uh, post, the costume post, and it took me forever uh, and I was everywhere. Um, I, I was on Instagram a lot. And let me tell you, it's all over Instagram. It's a huge show uh, for a lot of people. For the younger crowd, they love it. They absolutely love the show, and they can't stop talking about it. Talk about the costumes, talk about Lily Collins, everybody. Um, that's the audience. That That's... Yes, but a lot of people in that younger crowd are also ripping it to shreds. Well, yeah, but people will always do that. But I do feel that See, in Lorenzo, a way, I think, likes it a lot more. I do. You uh, do. I, I do feel that, in a way, people are judging the show a little too harsh. Harshly. Um, I do. Uh, there, Go. I want to hear are, all of There this. are some criticisms, I agree, and I'm going to talk about a few things. Um, but I don't know. It, it's a fun show. And, I, and, and because the world is so screwed up right now with, with the pandemic and everything, I, I don't think it's fair to uh, toss aside shows like this. Just because it's not serious, it's not the, about the pandemic, or it's it, it's a fun show. I watch the whole thing. I watch a lot of shows, and as I'm watching them, uh, I have a lot of criticism, but that doesn't stop me to watch. You know, 
or enjoy them. Uh, I think I can. I don't know. I'm not this a hundred percent something when I watch a show. Right. I don't have to love a, a show a hundred percent or hate a show a hundred percent to have an opinion about it. Uh, as I was watching Emily in Paris, I, I could tell, I was like, oh my God, they're going through all the cliches, you know, about France and, and French people and so on. Um, and the costumes. Um, I don't Patricia know. Field is the costume designer. Right. Of course, was the costume designer for Sex in the City, for The Devil Wears Prada. So the costume design is in that mode of being so overt and almost to an obnoxious level. I mean, Pat Field has a style, and I don't... I don't debate the validity of that style, but it is a certain style and it has nothing to do with realism. I think one of the things, I will say this, I think this, there's a lot you could criticize this show for. I am unaffected by it. I'm amused by it. So whatever. But right. there's a lot you could criticize this show for. Um, it's it's the way it depicts French people is borderline, is borderline uh, offensive. Right, right, right. Uh, and one of the few think pieces I read this week was written by a fr- Parisian who was amused by it, but pointed out the ridiculousness of these sorts of, you know, um, cliches about them where they're all, you know, they're all mar- married, but have lovers and their wives are okay with it. And they're all drinking wine and they're all unconscionably rude and nobody ever shows up on time. It's the most retrograde sort of stuff. Uh, there's also, uh, people seem really offended by the character of Emily because she is, um, she re- she shows up for a job in Paris and hasn't bothered to learn any French, which is, yes, that is incredibly obnoxious. However, to the show's credit, uh, they call her on this all the time. I mean, part of the reason why everyone is so rude to her is because she is an obnoxious, entitled American. Right. Uh, there are th- Well, let's focus on the language uh, component. But I'm watching another show called We Are Who We Are, where they're all in Italy and they don't speak the language. They're Insight. Well, they're teenagers, right? No, everybody. Oh. Most of them don't speak Italian at all. So this whole thing, about, I, I've known many people who lived in Paris for many, many years, and they never spoke the language, or in any other country. That <clears throat> happens all the time. I understand that we're, we're, we're focusing here on one character and, and one TV show, but that happens all the time. Um, so... I do think you should learn the language. That's that's just basic. If you want to be part, and I'll, I want to get back to uh, there's this uh, woman called Monica de la Villardière, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. She's married to a French guy. She's from Canada, and she wrote for Vogue this letter um, to Emily, uh, and yes. it's a very fun letter. Right. It's not like you know, it doesn't have a, an offense. Uh, offensive or offended tone. It's just fun letter talking about how the show has affected her. In I more, think pro- in the French are mostly than, amused by right, how right. silly it is. So she talks about like how because she's Canadian, all the French people are asking her about Emily and you know right, right, right. and and the the way they are being portrayed. Um, depicted uh, on the show so it's fun because she talks about all the things the rudeness but she does make a point that yes you have to speak the language uh in france because and that's true her job required it 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 is a silly point if you work for a fashion magazine you don't have to she doesn't work for a fashion magazine well she works yeah true she's a marketing company i'm not i'm not defending her but my point is that is that i i the language component is very interesting a lot of people want to learn the language but uh, the point that monica makes and i agree with her is that you cannot relate to people you cannot uh have a a conversation go out with people have fun uh become friends with them if you don't know the language 
uh, your your relationship with the, with the locals are going to be very superficial superficial if you don't know the language. And she makes that point, and that's why Emily should learn the language. She makes another point that I find uh, that I laughed out loud while I was watching the show is that the French people are always speaking English amongst themselves. Yes, yes. Come that, on. that would never. It ever would never happen. happen. Never, never. French people would not speak English, you know, uh, unless they absolutely with had one to. Another. Unless, yeah. No, that would never happen. So that made me laugh, and I thought it was hysterical. But she does talk about like this whole idea of um, there's a scene that even I didn't know that that uh, Emily pour herself a glass of wine, and apparently in in France you're not supposed to do that. Uh, the man- I just read an article from a French woman who said I never heard of that in See, my life. See, I ne- I had never heard of that. I was actually surprised when I watched the scene, and then I went online, and some people are saying that the man is supposed to pour. Well, I just wine. read one this morning from well, a French writer, and she said I have never heard of this in there my entire go. life. So. But she does make the point about French men, you know, this idea that you go to Paris and, and then all these men are falling all over like you. Like sleazy, sleazy <laughs> French men. I mean, the, the cliches are as bad as a Bugs Bunny cartoon. They really are. Um, going back to my point about Pat Field and the... And the um, costume. And too. the costume design. Like, uh, people have, have tried to... I, uh, Lorenzo did a fantastic job of sourcing all of those, most of the looks on... We, we picked the one... I, I just want to explain, number one, uh, that they're not all the looks. Uh, I picked the ones I liked that and that I could and that I could ID obviously right. because there's no point in having the pictures if I couldn't ID most of the look. And that's a very hard job with with, with uh, Patricia uh, Field because she combines a she, lot of yeah. Designers. She just throws it all yeah. together. And so, what I wanted to say about her her stuff is, I mean, people were adding up the cost of Emily's outfits. Uh-huh. And I think they were well over $100,000 with no explanation as to where that money was coming from or where these outfits... She's supposed to be in this tiny little one-room apartment in Paris, but she would need like a full walk-in closet. But that's the same thing about Sarah the Jessica Parker and... and I was just going to say, that is Pat Field's... That's her style. Those are the types of things that she tends to work under are these fantasy-based characters, these characters. I will say Sex in the City gave a little time to how Carrie managed to store those things and the fact that she had no money because she spent it all on shoot like they would occasionally tip their hat to the fact that Carrie lived a very irresponsible lifestyle right. that that didn't suit her but um this show just opts for you know what she's gorgeous she's young she's in <laughs> Paris and she has $200,000 worth of clothes that I don't know she fits under her bed it's a pure ass fantasy from the beginning right, right. uh the other thing Again, I get it. I work. Uh, uh, I do work in social media. Part of my are huge, big, more than our readers actually will ever know. Social media is one of the biggest parts of our jobs, <laughs> um, almost as big as producing the actual content that we produce. And I get it. The way she is um, portrayed as an influencer is is a little bit laughable. Um, like she just takes these basic ass selfies, you know, eating baguettes in Paris, and suddenly she gets thousands of followers. Howevs, um, not to be too shallow about it, but uh, any girl on Instagram who looks like Lily Collins and has taken pictures of herself in Paris, yeah, she'll probably get a lot of followers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because she looks absolutely. like freaking Lily Collins absolutely. and she's standing there in Prada. You know what I mean? Like, 
once you buy into that part of the fantasy, yeah, you can buy into the fact that suddenly she's gaining all these followers, even though she's really not doing anything all that interesting. She looks like that. She's wearing those clothes and she's in Paris. So right, right. I'm not arguing for the show's legitimacy or or verisimilitude, to use a good word, or accuracy. It's not any of those things. It is a freaking Cinderella story right. in Paris. Um, uh, in terms of co- the costumes, you can interpret them in many different ways you can you you know you can argue that uh patricia field was just having fun and didn't care uh and then you know picked all these very expensive clothes and then mix and match and blah 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 and that's the the character uh i read that lily collins is a he she loves chanel and she loves christian louboutin i think that's why you see a lot of chanel vintage chanel and a lot of christian louboutin shoes um you can argue that's that's the way she went you know just to have fun uh, or you can also, and there's an argument uh, out there saying that um, it's just a typical American young person uh, going to Paris and having all these ideas of, of, of how Parisians dress, how French women dress, and that she's... Yes, people made fun of her for wearing a, a beret, and I was like, honestly, have you ever seen influencers? Because, yes, right. they would stand they in front of the Eiffel Tower yes, wearing yes, a freaking yes. beret and holding a baguette. They are basic. That is what they're like. I'm sorry. I hope, hope I don't offend anyone, but right. it's true. Like, yeah, of course Emily would wear a beret. That's the point to the character. Is She if is ridiculous you, in that way. If you go on Instagram and you see all these accounts, they're all wearing the same... The striped uniform. tops. And yes, the- it's it's a blazer, it's a jacket, it's a miniskirt, it's a pleated skirt, it, they're high heels and and, and, right. and then hats. So she's she she is that character. <laughs> I mean, she she's playing a character that you see on Instagram all the time. Yeah. A lot of people dress like that everywhere uh, and having huge you know, a ton of followers. So you you could say that's what's going on here, but you could also say, you know, if you think logically, uh, she would not have the money to buy all these clothes. No. She would not have... No, she would not also not exceed at her job to the level that she did. Right. Uh, she's not that brilliant at her job, but like every single time she was presented with some sort of client issue, she masterminded something. Right, right. It's and- a fantasy, and... I just want to get back to the point, instead of addressing every single... I mean, I I don't want to cut you off. If you have more critiques no, you want no, to address. That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, but my point was, I think it's amusing to watch all of this unfold because I don't think the show would have been hit with this much criticism. Uh, like I said, if we weren't all locked in, if we weren't all in the middle of a pandemic, at this, you know, in America right. at least, we weren't all, you know, on the edge of our season during this insane time the president presidential election going on and all that um it just hit at a time when people were like are you fucking kidding me that was the response to it (laughs) and i have actually enjoyed it because i don't think the response has gotten out of hand in terms of its anger i think most people are amused by how tonally off Mm-hmm. It feels during this time, but they also realize they can't really hold that against the show. It is a harmless show for the most part. Yes, I think you could do a deep dive on maybe it's maybe it portrays French people in a harmful way. Maybe it portrays, you know, I don't know, gender relations in a harmful way or whatever. Um, if you really wanted to get it. But for the most part, it's a confection at a time when people really didn't mm-hmm. want a frigging confection. But... Everybody can't stop talking about it. That's what's so amusing about this. It's not like everyone looked at it and said, oh, the hell with that. We're not watching. It's not like it's some epic flop 
quite the opposite. It's the biggest show on Netflix no, this it's week. It's huge. I'm telling you, it's huge. And because of the backlash, I'm sure it's going to remain large. Right. You know, the ratings are going to be fairly high, whatever, however Netflix measures and, them. And it's, it's, for uh, some time to come. Right. And little things are just <laughs> popping up. Now it's the, 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 the thing with the pizza because there's a scene. Because they insulted Chicago deep dish pizza. They named the restaurant and then the restaurant got so insulted. Like everybody is finding a reason to blame Emily in Paris for all their woes I this did year. Feel bad. Uh, I, I feel bad for the for the pizza place because she they named the pizza place. And, you know, this is a time when the pandemic is closing Exactly, down. but so they couldn't have known that when they wrote that right. scene. Right, I agree. But the, the reality is that, you know, you're watching a show now. And you're when, trashing a restaurant. When restaurants are closing down yeah. because of the pandemic. And then you name in the restaurant and right. making fun of it. So the restaurant was very, you know. Upset. Defensive, and which, upset, which I totally hey, maybe understand. they got some yeah. press out of it, and, and people so. ordered and some I would pizzas. Love to try the pizza. I, 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 I actually, hate deep dish pizza. See, I, I think it's disgusting. I, w- did we try that when we were in Chicago? I yeah, don't remember we did, at all. And I thought see, it was disgusting. See, I, I don't remember. Anyway, it. Look, Give me a New York I, style pizza any day of the week. That is true. Look, I watched sorry the whole Chicago. Thing. There's a lot of reasons to love Chicago, but not the pizza. <laughs> uh, um, I, anyway, I watched the whole thing. Um, kind of enjoy it and then like i said when i had to put the post together because i was looking going uh we got a lot of uh press material and um they kind of listed the designers uh, not all of them and but i i kind of like used that as as a as a guide to look for the the clothes and id everything so i was on instagram a lot looking at designers you know instagram accounts and stuff and that's when i realized that oh my god emily in paris is huge Everyone is talking about they it. They can't stop talking about it. Everyone is talking about the costumes. Everyone, you know, is just taking screen uh, caps and talking about everything. The thing is, it drives you nuts, and then you sit and you wait for the next episode to start. It, the, the episodes are like 28 minutes right, long. Right. They uh, are, I mean, f- bluntly put, they're brainless. They're just mindless. It's She's in front of the Eiffel Tower. She's eating pan au chocolat. She, some really cute guy is going down on her. You know, that's what it is. That's all it is. Uh, it's outfits and food and Paris and little bits of sex here and there, but it's not by any stretch raunchy. I mean, it could air on network television, right. except for the language. Um, I have to say. But it, people can't stop watching it because right. it's it's so easy to watch. I, the only, Like I said, the only reason I didn't finish it, it was because I, um, ha- I was on deadline and I had to write the piece about it. But you could blow through it in one weekend right, right. and two bottles of That's wine. That's what I was going to say. I, I love Paris. We love Paris. Um, we have Paris. One of Lorenzo's oldest friend. Yeah. One of my best friend. Yeah. My, my best friend lives in Paris. He's been there forever. Um, so I love Paris. And any show that combines Paris and fashion, yeah, I'm going to watch it and, and enjoy it. Yes, you know, it's flawed. But it's also fun. I thought it was fun. Anyway. Uh, yeah, harmless fun. If you're not in the mood for that sort of thing, absolutely. If you know, avoid it. And if you're the if you're going to sit there and get annoyed with the amount of shoes and dresses and bags that she mm-hmm. has, like I I get it. I completely get why that wouldn't be what you're into at the moment. But um, for the most part, it's harmless fun. Uh, I do think. I don't think it's related, but it makes for an interesting juxtaposition that at the time, you know. Emily in Paris comes out. It's this big hit for Netflix. Everybody's pissed off at it. And then the same week, uh, Netflix announced that it's canceling Glow. Right. Glow is the uh, period series set in the 80s about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, and we have covered it. We, we mm-hmm. re, 
reviewed it and recapped it since all, all three seasons of it. Um, and we love the show. Love the show. It, it was definitely a show that I didn't want to see go on for much longer, but I did feel like it had to have at least one more season. It didn't end in a way that felt like an ending at the end of season three. So if you love the show, the continuing saga of the show, you're really feeling that sense of loss because it they never really got to finish telling whatever story it is they right. were telling. Um, but yeah. it, I mean, shows get canceled every week, and especially this year because of uh, you know because of every goddamn thing going on. We also found out that um, just briefly, as an aside. Kirsten Dunst's show on Becoming a God in Central Florida, which Lorenzo loved. I worship that Came show, out yeah. last year. <laughs> I loved it. I, I, I actually loved it too, but I found it uh, hard at times to watch. Um, it was just painful. Mm-hmm. Like I pe- agree. People making very poor decisions in their lives week after week. Uh, but she was amazing in it, and it was challenging television. And, you know, I think... Uh, both Glow and On Becoming a God, which was a Showtime show, Glow is Netflix, they were both renewed for their next seasons, but then COVID hit, and now it's been over a year since their last season aired, and I guess both Netflix and Showtime were like, well, you know, you're losing your audience, and there's no point, so we're going to cut you loose now. I, I can't claim to understand the economics of it. Uh, this is an unprecedented time, but... It, I do think there was this juxtaposition of this totally frothy, um, sl- slightly irritating show that pissed off a lot of people with a female lead uh, getting elevated this week at the same time where these more difficult shows with more right. complicated female and more diverse casts. Um, Emily in Paris does have people of color in it, but it is largely the story of a white girl. I I read a ton of statements uh, they put out. One of them is that because it's such a large cast and there's a lot of physical scenes where they have to fight and and all that, and that's the reason why they canceled the show because they just couldn't How could you shoot those scenes? How could you shoot that? Um, You know, they get get sweaty. And you have to understand, you watch a scene for five minutes that took a whole day. A a whole day of them wrestling and getting in each other's faces. Right. So, you you know, if you don't know that, you'd say, oh, well, but it's just a five-minute scene. No, it's a a one-day or two-day shooting. Right. Um, So, yeah, I understand why. It It, was a very large cast that the story required them to be literally in each other's faces. Uh, I get it. And there was no end in sight where, I mean, so, like we featured pictures of Mission Impossible is shooting this week. Certain other TV shows are back on schedule shooting right. this week. But those aren't wrestling shows. Those aren't, you know, like you can you can shoot people having conversations. I don't know how they're getting around Mission Impossible. It sure looks to me like they're breaking some social distancing right, stuff. Right. But um with glow, it's like, well, they there's literally no point on the horizon where they feel like they can start shooting those scenes right. again. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for Netflix, but I, I guess I do sort of understand it. It, it really was up in the air for too long. Um, uh, what I truly hope is that, um, they bring the cast back in a year or two to do a movie. Well, they're, they're, they, I, I also read uh, some of the actors saying they would love to have a movie. They could uh, wrap it up yeah, in, in a two-hour movie. movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I really hope that um, Netflix gets on that. They, I mean, that show was nominated for more than a few Emmys, right? Um, 
I don't know. I get it. It was not like Orange is the New Black or whatever. You know, it wasn't some show that grabbed the attention. Uh, it, it was a curiosity. We loved it. But, uh, it, it but I don't had, think it ever truly broke out. Right. But it, it had phenomenal performances like Betty. Uh, Betty Gilpin, Gilpin and Alison Brie. Yes. People were amazing in it. Um, yes. Betty Gilpin wrote uh, this stunning. She's so funny. She's so and, funny. Uh, her father is a character actor. I can't remember his name, but as soon as I saw his picture, I was like, oh, my God, he was in every movie in the 1980s. So she grew up, and I think her mother might be an actress as well, so she grew up around, I, I think. She's such a great writer. Uh, yeah, she's a fantastic writer, and it's like she must have had a really interesting, you know. Life growing uh, up. Yeah. Growing up and everything, because she sounds like she's well-educated and interesting. I and mean, the she latter, wrote this, yeah, yeah, she wrote this goodbye piece to to Glow, and it was just such clever uh, well-constructed writing, and uh, it ended on a line that actually made me tear up. Uh, she's just good. She's a smart, and she's such a good actress. We and do have a link on our site in she, one of our um, lounge post. She really should have gotten an Emmy by now for that role, but um, whatever. I, 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 I'm sorry to see it go, but I do kind of understand why a show like that is just how long can you right. keep a cast and a crew hanging on? Like these people have to go off and find other jobs eventually. Right. Uh, and you can't just be like, well, maybe in nine months we'll shoot again. You know, it, I guess it makes sense. I hope in like 2022 or 2023, we get the glow movie that we deserve. Right. That's the thing with television uh, now. And that annoys me a little that the sh no season ends anymore. You know, it's they never end something. It's always hoping that it's going to be picked up for another season and keep going and going and going. And I think it's the same with Glow. I mean, you could tell that we needed more, right. you know, to finish the story. They had a story to tell. So they had a story to tell. And that's true of every show. I mean, Emily in Paris, it ends. And you know, it's going to, they need to keep going with, with however they ended the, the, the season. And that's true now pretty much every show so it's a little frustrating when you don't get more if the show gets canceled if the show isn't successful and and you're like all right then i guess we're done here um yeah so that's one of my criticisms for television these there days. was um a tweet going around that by uh it was ann helen peterson the cultural writer who went a little viral where she had a like a chart listing all the shows that um Netflix had canceled recently, and the number of them that had either female leads, people of color leads, or queer people as leads, it's kind of hard to get away from that, right. that um, these are the shows that are getting canceled. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, again, I'm not here to defend corporations, but I have to ask if people are watching that. Like, one of the first one on the list is AJ and the Queen, which was RuPaul's show mm -hmm. and it was terrible that i can't it was defend. a terrible show sorry i can't defend that one uh and um chilling adventures of sabrina which i another one was a show that really lost its steam very very quickly right uh so i don't think that all of these are great comparisons glow was a show that was still good at the end and still had juice in it um so that's very hard and uh, going over to showtime i'm becoming a god in central florida clearly had a lot more juice in it and that's that's hard to deal with. But um, Netflix churns out content like like McDonald's hamburgers, you know? And um, 
they will toss it the minute it gets stale to them. It's not like network television anymore. It's not like advertiser-supported network television where they used to do 26 episodes per season. Right. Um, It's just they churn out these... And some of these shows are are cheaply produced, actually. Um, And if they don't hook people immediately they don't get renewed yeah it, it's it, a brutal system it's very interesting when before we had a site and we watched television like most people you know we watched when the show was released um i had a different idea or vision how things are but now that we watch screeners it's very funny sometimes i finish a, a, the whole season a whole screener and i'm like oh my god i love the show but i know this is not gonna go anywhere right i know the show is not gonna be popular and it sucks already because right. i finished it hasn't even aired yet and i know right, right, it's right. not gonna do well so there are so many things that yes, are yes. sitting in our cues right now that I'm I just want to be like oh my god don't even bother with this one but I can't because first off we're embargoed so my my point here is that that's pretty much how they make their decisions in terms of if they're going to continue with the show or not right and and you know it's sad so listen yes I should we should tell everyone like watch glow you're if you're you're still locked down it's on Netflix there's three seasons of it and you know maybe if it gets a little resurgence and interest they will get that movie um it's an almost entirely female cast it's a diverse cast racially and ethnically and body type um there's queer people in it and it's set in the 1980s and it's some of the best it's way way better at representing the 80s than say stranger things which everyone thinks is stranger things doesn't even come close um this this is is what the 80s yeah this is what the 80s looked like. So. I agree. And it's a little offensive every now and then. It's it's ridiculous. It, you just have to go with it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great show. I loved it. The performance. I mean, I phenomenal. recommend Glow way more than I recommend Emily in Paris, to be perfectly honest. Well, I, to- I totally it's agree It's a totally... With you. Emily in Paris, you've got to be in the it's mood for, for it. It's just fun. You've got to be um, uh, willing to accept the premise of the show. Or, you know, even better... Go into it and hate watch it. Get get a bottle of wine. Have a watch party with your you know set up a watch party on Netflix and and make ha- fun of it. Yeah, just trash it. It it begs for that kind of commentary anyway. Um, it's an excellent hate watch. It really is. You can take out all your frustrations on the pretty girl with the two hundred and fifty thousand oh dollar wardrobe. You're awful. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to add. To. We just yeah. wanted to juxtapose that these two shows. One is everyone's mad at, but it's a huge hit. The other one is great, but it lost its way. That's pretty much television. And that's, yeah, that's <laughs> the state days. of 2020. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's a shame. I, I Like I said, sometimes a show has so much to give, to right, offer, right. but it doesn't do well. And it's a shame when it's, it gets canceled. Um, that's, but that's pretty much it. Um, it's Watch same Glow thing, and maybe yeah. it'll get that movie. Yes. But there are some great shows coming up we can't talk about yet, like The Crown, New Season, and so on. Gotta stop mentioning that. Yes, I know. Gotta stop that. <laughs> stop that. Oh, my God, yes. Anyway. Uh, I did watch the first, it drops tomorrow, the first three episodes of The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House, although instead of taking from Shirley Jackson's book, they're taking from The Turn of the Screw. Um I found it dull. I, I found it dull, and I probably won't watch the rest of it. I watched the first three episodes of like a nine or ten episode season, so I suspect it has a very slow start, but I could tell that it was not going to be giving me the kind of scare. Like, Haunting of Hill House was generally a, mm-hmm. a pretty scary show. Um, it was good at delivering the chills and thrills, even if the wrap-up wasn't great. 
maybe Blind Manor will be great, but I found it, I didn't think the characters were interesting. Um, Are people talking about it? hasn't come out yet. It comes out tomorrow. There's some... What little reviews I've, what few reviews I have seen are basically saying, no, it's not very scary, but it's, it's well acted and atmospheric. And I would say yes, but not enough for me to, to continue watching it. You know, it's, she's a governess. It's the eighties. She's got two creepy ass British kids and the house in this big (laughs) mansion that is sort of haunted, but there's never, you know, it's all corner of the screen kind of stuff. It never really goes for the big chills. I'm sure it does at some point. See, I, I like that. I, I might watch that. Go, watch it. Yeah, I it's, might watch it. It comes out tomorrow, but we have the screeners in our queue. Um, yeah, it's atmospheric. I, I, But I really did not. Ha- I lost interest in it pretty quickly. That's my take on it. Anyway, that's yeah. it for that. Right. Anything else, Lorenzo, that you want to... Tell now, people about a few things that I can't talk about yet, but I I I, I think they'll be popular. They're or, a matter of national security. <laughs> but now, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, I was I'm I'm still watching the the third day uh, on HBO, and it actually got a little better better uh, with Naomi uh, Harris. She they introduced a new character, so it did get a little. That better. was another one I tapped out of. Uh, but I tapped out of that after 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you, you're a lot more... And you said it was awful. <laughs> you watched three episodes, and you were like, oh, I hate it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so who was That's right here? That's the thing. I, I watched three episodes, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I hate that. And then Naomi Harris showed up, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is getting a little better. I so shouldn't I, have to suffer through three hours I waiting for a show totally to get understand. good. Totally understand that. Totally and my... um, I'm sorry, but my instincts are good. Rarely do I ever check out of a show... And then find out later that, oh, my God, it's critically acclaimed and I really have to go back. Rarely. The ones that I check out of early, those are the ones when the reviews come out, it's like, oh, yeah, I was right. It sucks. Everyone hates it. So. Yeah. Well, but you are a lot harder than I am when it comes to television. I am a critic. Yes. And I'm white. critical. It is in my bones. (laughs) All right. And on that note, uh, thank you, Kitten, once again for listening to our cartoon voices. We will be back next week with new thoughts on whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks um we thank you for your support please subscribe to this podcast buy our book and come back to our site day after day where we are trying to dance like little clowns in front of you (laughs) we appreciate it and we do appreciate all that support so thank you love you you. mean it bye-bye